Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Health Ignited with uh, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. And we're here talking today about um, sort of a framework, I think, for helping to navigate relationships, uh, whether it be intimate ones or friendship or even, you know, parenting. Or even work. Or work relationships, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, it's, there's, a, there's a book that was written a while ago called uh, The Lo- Five Love Languages. And it's, it's, one, it's something that we reflect on a lot and we talk about a lot and we poke each other a little bit uh, about the process. And so uh, why don't we start with um, saying hello. 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 And, uh, and then so to talk about, you know, what are the five love languages and then how we, how we work with them. Mm-hmm. So the book was written by Gary Chapman and some of the love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, giving gifts, and the last one I think is physical touch. Yeah. So when in relationship, basically the premise of the book, for those of you that haven't read it, he's speaking to the fact that in relation, whether it's with your partner or with your children, with anybody really, we show our love and appreciation through one of these acts. So say you are somebody that for me, I'm quality time. Um, So my way of showing somebody else that I appreciate them would be to set up a time for us to be together or um, make sure that they know that I'm thinking about them. And that's my way of showing that, you know, they're important to me and they're a part of my life and I want to keep it that way. Whereas um, somebody else's love language might be different. So we may show up in our relationships doing these things, but it may not be received the way you would hope because that individual's love language may be different, kind of like in our case. Yeah, we, we have moments of this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so on my end, my, my typical, I mean, I think I've got a couple. I mean, we all have some version or some variation where, where some seem a little more dominant than others. Uh, but usually there's a few that are quite a bit stronger. And, and, and so when that, those needs aren't necessarily being met, you know, in the, to the perspective of, of the individual, then it's easy to go, yeah, I, they don't love me. I'm not feeling supported, uh, you know, whatever that, that story may be. And so for me, it's more words of affirmation. I like physical touch as well. I like to, to know that the person that, that definitely that I'm intimate with. Is, uh, is showing that affection and love towards me by, you know, talk, saying nice words to me and, and letting me know that I am important to them. And, and whereas, you know, so if that's my language, if that's my understanding of receiving love, um, it's, it's more likely because I'm more comfortable with it to expect that to be someone else's love language. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. Yeah, that one, <laughs> those two are actually at the bottom of my list. So we have to make a real conscious effort to make sure that we're utilizing the other person's love language. It doesn't come easy for me at all, and I'm not very good at it. I will have to admit that. And I am constantly being reminded that this is something that I need to work on. And in that moment, I will probably defend my point so that I don't feel that um, I'm being called out of. (laughs) And... (laughs) 
And then, you know, we'll try to make an effort in different ways. But again, I, I mean, this is my own challenge. I find it very challenging because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, the fact that I'm, you know, spending time with him and I'm here and I'm living life and I'm, I'm doing I'm doing life with Nick that he should just understand that, of course, she loves me. I mean, look, look at all we're doing and creating together. I mean, an example is just a few months ago, we it was our 10-year anniversary and created this whole scenario with us getting remarried. And we were on our way back from there. And, you know, Nick really wanted to talk about it and talk about the emotion around it. And my answer to it was, well, I was there. And I, I did it. I, I walked the rounds. And in my mind, that's enough. But in his, his way of receiving is more like me speaking the words and appreciating the relationship and saying what's important to me. Yeah. It is. So it shows up different ways for different people, right? And so this is how we're sort of navigating the understanding of it. And it's interesting because there's always this pause, I think, that can happen in any conversation where you you stop thinking of yourself because I think that's where we get stuck because we constantly relate to how we're feeling. We have a sort of, I think it's inherently built in all of us, a narcissistic narcissistic approach to to life. You know, we, we think about our own survival, our own safety, our own vulnerabilities uh and and so we were constantly relating to another person through our own eyes instead of actually relating to someone else through their eyes and and going like what makes that person tick like what's where's that person coming from being more curious about where that person's coming from actually makes the love languages work so much better mm-hmm. because really at the end of the day like when you're in an intimate or in loving relationship you know when you're married to someone the, the core value is that like, oh my God, I just want the other person to, to be on the same page with me. Like we're, we're growing this life together and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And obviously it's a roller coaster at times too. And, um, and that's part of the joy of it. But at the end of the day, we both want the same things. You know, we both want loving connection. We both want to feel like we can live, live inspired lives and still follow our own individuality while still coming together. And it's funny how that can get lost in the confusion or disruption of, of, of a challenge of a moment and, and whatnot when but i think like i think where the problem is is when it's really when we're looking at it from the narcissistic point of view or that like what what do i need in this moment instead of like what does the couple need what does that person need right or like taking it to that bigger picture and this is the same for our children when we look at our individual kids we may be doing the same thing with them. So with our two kids, the older one, I would say his love language is quality of time. I mean, he hasn't done the survey himself, but just um, what he, what we can see in him and what he appreciates is when you are really present with him and spending time with him. Whereas our youngest is definitely more words of affirmation and physical touch and just mm-hmm. having that coziness really helps support him. So knowing that about them, we're able to then navigate and help them you know, receive love and give love and also validate that, you know, we see them for who they are and not for what, like Nick was saying, how we want to want them to operate in that system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, they're, they're kind of like mere copies of us. Yeah. You know, the, the younger one is a lot more like me. And then and then the, the older one's obviously a lot more like Sonia with the quality of time. And, you know, it's I think it's easy to judge someone else you know, mm-hmm. and go like, well, why aren't they more like me? You know, why, why don't they, you know, why don't they just get it? Yeah, why don't they just get it? <laughs> and so, you know, I think, I think part of this conversation is to, to not only like just create some dialogue around this. And it's funny because when Sonia and I talk like this, it gives us a chance to like actually hear each other's perspectives because sometimes 
through sharing um, to others, we start to learn more about each other. And so, you know, we our hope with this conversation is that you, you know, do the test, you know, if you're, if you're in a partnership or even just, if you're not, you know, learn about yourself with this. But I think, you know, in knowing this about the other person, it gives us an opportunity to show up in a different way for that person. And so it's not gonna work 100% of the time. You're not always gonna get it right. But in those moments, if you do choose that pause, you can go, wait a second, you know, where's this other person coming from? Like, what, what, is it, what is that desire that they need in that moment? And, and what is their love language? Because if I choose to step into that kind of conversation with them, well, then it's just gonna go a whole lot better, right? Mm-hmm. It'll just take a lot of the stress away and a lot of the, the guessing or the uncertainty or the unknown. And this can also occur at work. So if you're a business owner, if you're a leader in a team, having even your team do this um, quiz can really help you recognize what kind of validation your employees need or your team needs so that you can bring the best out of them as well. Yeah, because here, here's what we've come to realize is that we thrive in love, right? We don't thrive through negative motivation. Right. There, there's this intrinsic motivation, I think, that exists within everybody that we can help develop and pull out of someone else by speaking to them in the way that they want to be spoken to. And this goes back to, I think, when we're young kids. So say we had our love language and I think innately children just know how to express it in their own way. But if it wasn't validated and maybe, you know, for instance, somebody like our youngest son, who's his words of affirmation, he also likes to speak a lot of words. Mm-hmm. And there are times where he's asking all the questions and the why and the, all the things and just needing to understand every single part of a situation or a scenario. There could be a moment where we don't maybe validate that and then that shuts off a piece of who he is. Mm-hmm. And then we begin to hide um, that part of us. And then we assume that in relationship, we can't necessarily show up as our fullest self because we have to do whatever we can to gain that person's validation and love according to that individual instead of our own intrinsic way of expressing yeah so we can feel shame about the way that we receive love Mm -hmm. right because it's not in a way that you know the person who loves us so much uh, is willing to give it Mm -hmm. so you know i think that's an important dialogue because let's let's take well it doesn't matter which love language you take but let's let's say that the person that you're with the partner you're with um has a polarity or has a, has a strong sort of opposition to, to a love language, you know? And so like, how do you work with that? You know, cause, because you can see someone's love language, their vul- which is essentially their vulnerability as a weakness, right? You can see it as like an inherent, like mm, that, that person's really we weak. Again, yeah, here we go again, that's all my love <laughs> yeah. for the 10th time today. <laughs> yeah, like, so how do you, how do you like, how do we help people understand that you know mm-hmm. well maybe so just a thought i had maybe creativity so using creative ways instead of you know words of affirmation maybe don't necessarily mean verbal words maybe it's written words uh, maybe it's in a song <laughs> <laughs> there could be multiple ways that those words could come at that person yeah and at the end of the day you know the person's going to be able to receive best in the way that they like to receive those messages, right? So, you know, like Soren, let's take, let's take him for example. I think when you're a kid, you would receive all those That's right. opportunities, right? He would take it in a song, he would take it in a, in a book, he would take it, you know, wrestling on the floor with him. Uh, I mean, but as we get older, we get more identified with our physicality, like we get more identified with our experiences. And we, with the rules. 
what's that? And with the rules. And with the rules, you know, we might be a little bit more in expectation of how we receive love. Mm-hmm. And we become maybe rigid around that. Yes. So it's it's something interesting. So say a poem that your wife has written to you or words on a sticky note could still be words of affirmation. <laughs> Which you've done before. I have. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. And <laughs> so I think, you know, bringing up this conversation is important because it allows, you know, us to sort of look and reflect on, you know, what's what's driving us. Because let's say you're in a relationship, you're not feeling that connection. You know, we, get, we say this all the time, connection has to precede communication. You, you can try to communicate, but if there's no inherent connection, it's really hard to, to communicate effectively. And so connection does need to happen first. And so how do you make that connection? I mean, I think anchoring into what that other person really needs and, and how you can show up for that other person, that kind of way is really important. Mm-hmm. I also think in relationship, whether it's an intimate relationship or it's um, a network or your team at work or even a parent-child, the goal really is to create, right? We want to step into a space where we feel so held and heard and honored and validated that we're able to create life together. So whether that's creating a new business together with your team or it's creating life with your partner or encouraging your child to recognize who they are, it allows, and this is my own perspective, it's when I know when I have my needs met with my love language, I feel like I can dream again. Like I can be in that creative space. I can be free of the expectations or the rigidity and all of that. And there's like room for growth. But when those needs aren't being met, it's like we're shrinking all the time because we're not getting validated for who we are or being recognized for who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a, like you said, that's a very contracted state. You know, we, we had a great conversation with uh, Bill and Patricia kind of about this is that wherever the absence of love is, is a contraction. And so when we're not feeling that, it's easy to kind of regress and create, and you spoke about creativity. Creativity is really that expansive state where we're open, we're, we're receiving, we're, you know, we're dreaming, we're doing all those things that, that, that add value. And, and within that, there's moments of contraction too. It's like this, what they had referred to as well. It's like within that creativity, there's some contraction because you're going internal and then you're going external. So there's moments of everything. I think the underlying thing really is the acceptance of the other Mm. and like what you were saying not judging the other for having this other way of navigating through relationship or life or through love and not putting our own expectation onto them and having empathy yeah that's so good you know i mean just to be to be vulnerable in this this experience right now i mean it's easy for me like my my tendency is to go um you know, let's say with Sonia, or, or it could be even the kids, actually. I mean, if I feel like they're not giving me the attention that, that I enjoy, that I, that I love, that, that, I, that I feel like that nurturing, uh, you know, relationship with, there can feel like this lack of connection. And so it's easier for me to move into contraction. And then, like you said, contraction doesn't have to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It, it can be a time of personal reflection. And it's so easy, I think, to be when we're in that contracted state to go to make it the other person's problem. Right, because it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, because it's easy to hear this information. I think you go, well, pointing fingers, you're not giving me the love language I need, right? Right. And so I think that's a really important um, point and a reframe because mm-hmm. we're even with this love language, it's like we're having this expectation that something outside of us is going to make us feel totally. that joy. But really, if our love language is quality time, maybe it's quality time with ourselves. So when that bucket is full, 
that time that we get with the other individual is not necessarily one that has to feed us, but it's one that's more of a bonus. And same with the words of affirmation, maybe if our own internal dialogue isn't so aggressive or um, hurtful towards ourselves, and we have words within us that are validating, and we don't need that external validation anymore. It's like going back to that first um, not yaman uh, in yoga is ahimsa. Oh, yeah, right, the non-violence. Yeah, the non-violence. So that really is non-violence against ourselves because when we have expectations of ourselves and we have these thoughts and things like that, we have those same for other individuals. So it goes back to the self again. So I think that's a really important reframe with even this book is that not having that expectation that something outside is going to fill us up. It can be helpful and supportive in a relationship, but again, there still has to be that individuality and self-responsibility. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're fleshing that out more because... You know, when we when we reflect on that, you know, like this whole dialogue that we're having right now, it's so easy to constantly. I mean, we do that. We're taught to do this is constantly put blame outside of ourselves to constantly try to make someone else feel wrong for why we're not feeling okay inside. Mm-hmm. And like you said, whether it be quality time, the, the 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 questions you ask yourselves, the dialogue, the thoughts that you're thinking that are getting reinforced in in your belief system about yourself are constantly telling you that the outside world is unsafe and I have to go into protection. So it's easy to, you know, wall yourself off and then not even be open to the awareness of receiving because, you know, it could be happening all around you. just not happening necessarily in the way that you know how to receive or that you're trained to or you're conditioned to. And so you can't even see what's right in front of you. Right. Yeah. Cause we're constantly seeing through our own lens and yeah, our own experience. perception and experience. Yeah. So when we, it's like you said, if it's in the environment, somebody's maybe even speaking the words, but maybe they're not worded exactly the way you need them to be, then we're going to receive that as not enough once again. Mm-hmm. So in your in your own like personal experience of of giving that self love back to yourself, like what what does that look like? I mean, does that look like? I mean, I I know I know when you seem to show up more of filling your own cup and some of the things that you like to do. I mean, Sonia is a master of self care. And, uh, and so maybe speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I think it depends on like the season in our life and what's going on. But self-care for me really is it's time for um, whether it's with other girlfriends uh, to fill my cup up. Maybe it's alone where I get to read a book or it's some sort of physical activity where I get to really anchor into my body and feel very present in that. And maybe it's time and nature. So there's these uh, different elements that feed um, my soul so that when I do show up, I show up really held and not held by somebody else outside of me, but just within myself. So then the expectation can change. Mm -hmm. And it's been helpful dialogue for us too, because, you know, sometimes we don't know what the, what it is that we need in those moments. And then sometimes like through, you know, discussions or disruption or, or arguments or, you know, confusion there can be like these little moments of insight that just go oh like and then sometimes she'll have to say it like two three four five ten times <laughs> like I I need some alone time I need some time to recharge and then and then I see her when she comes back from recharging and go oh I get it like it's maybe speak about you know something that's not happening unfortunately this year is, is ladies camp mm-hmm. um, and what that does for you mm-hmm. yeah there was actually another podcast I listened to and I forgot the woman's name she's on um, bulletproof she speaks to the seven different ways of rest and i'm forgetting all of them but <laughs> some of them that she spoke to was like physical 
mental, emotional, spiritual, creative, and for some reason I can't remember the last two, and they're probably the most important ones for me. But as she was speaking, I really resonated, and I was thinking about Ladies Camp, which is my yearly reset, and not so much of you know time where I don't do anything because I'm actually doing, but it's this spiritual reset. It's this moment where I get to challenge myself in a different way, where I'm waking up at three in the morning, doing my sadhana every single day, doing yoga throughout the day, around other women when I want to be, and having a lot of alone time where I get to just reflect and be and have nothing to worry about. You know, I'm being taken care of because food's being made and there's just a sense of community, but also a sense of like me just being me so that I can come back to life really recharged and ready. So it's not about, you know, just going away from me and sitting in a cave and not doing anything, but really being able to do the things to fill up my creative cup or fill up my that mental emotional cup and really fill up my spiritual cup too. Mm-hmm. And, and the beauty in all this, I think, you know, and the reflection for each person, you know, that hears this message is that, you know, what would it take to know yourself more deeply? You know, and that's essentially it. I mean, mm-hmm. Sonia knows herself in a much more profound way because she's giving herself the space to do that. And she's had enough experiences to go like, oh, you know, I do this, I feel better. I do this, I feel better. You know, to to the point where you're like, it's it's not even a question. It's, it's not a choice anymore. No, it's like it's like a, it's literally a necessity. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a part of uh, me. So stuff that goes on in my head is like, how do I help her um, have that quality time for herself? Like, how do I help also let her know that we love her through making sure that we have some time together, whether it's bike rides or going for walks or you know just acknowledging her uh, whenever whenever I can and, and seeing when, you know, the, the, the pot's about to boil and the whistle's about, about to go and, you know, and, you know, swooping in on, from a parenting point of view or whatever it is. But, you know, I think the message really is to know yourself. How do you give yourself the opportunity to know yourself more deeply so that you can take the pressure off, so you can dive into your own love language a little bit more deeply? Mm-hmm. For yourself, right? That relationship with self being number mm-hmm. one. So what's your strategy? Well, that, to be honest, like, I mean, having a personal practice, breath work, just remembering me, doing breath work is, is one of the most profound ways I find to, you know, whether it be some of our Kundalini yoga breath work or some of our, like, there's these body locks that you do called bandhas with Kundalini yoga that I find, like, I don't know what happens when I re-engage these centers in the body. It's like, there I am. And sometimes it's having these little conversations and, um, so having an anchor like that's huge. Like you said, physical movement is massive. Um, but in, we're both a little bit more introvert, I think too. So I think, you know, having some space for that, that morning practice or that daily breath practice for me is, is totally an anchor. And then me, I love to learn. So I, my cup is massively filled up when I'm learning and when I'm reading and investigating and, I feel alive inside. And then my job though, is to take that energy and like cultivate it within instead of like shooting it out as a Sonia. Yes. <laughs> and, and so like just the appreciation and joy of learning, it, it gives me so much. Uh, it fills my cup in a, in a profound way, but, but I think it's taking that information and then integrating it and like pulling it back in. And like, that's why I think of like the, the analogy of pulling the bandhas, the, those little body charge, locks uh, locking mechanisms that, that sort of fire the engines inside the body mm-hmm. and that only happens to be honest like in that personal practice and then 
lastly is really um, more intense activity. Like we both love surfing, you know, anything to put you so deeply in the present moment, you know, getting a chance to do a really intense bike ride or, or run or like an extended run, something that sort of pushes the limits on the physical aspect really gets you back into center and reminds you of, of, of your strength and your vulnerabilities more. Yeah, and you know, both these ways are going to be different for everyone. So we'd encourage you to maybe sit down with yourself and recognize, okay, what is my love language? And how can I fill that cup up for myself so that it's not necessarily about the external world, but how do I fall in love with myself again, so that I can actually start receiving from the outside world as well. Yeah, it's funny, because just just talking, having this conversation, where I was coming in, the energy of coming into this conversation was like, how is Sonia not showing up to meet my love language needs? Like literally, like this was part of the conversation because we kind of like laugh at each other for this and, and sort of poke and provoke one another a little bit. You know, this is what I need. So why are you showing up in that kind of way? And it's it's interesting how in a dialogue, like I said, some point during this this podcast was that things always shift and it, it always comes, comes back to the self. So, you know, reiterating, that piece is so important because it's so easy to give our power away and to make it someone else's problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So get that power back, start to really reflect, look in the mirror and recognize what is it that you need and how you can fill that cup for yourself so that you can fill other people's cups up and you can start receiving as well. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, we'll see you on the next one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.